Hey, everybody, this is Dr. William Clark, your host of the Dr. William Clark podcast. Glad to be with you all today. Wanted to welcome you into the podcast and just tell you thank you. Thank you for logging on, subscribing, watching, clicking, liking, sharing this podcast and the previous podcast episodes. It's our desire to provide great content for you, particularly if you are looking for content around nonprofit strategy, nonprofit leadership, and nonprofit fundraising. As you uh, engage in this particular podcast, I'm going to ask that you take a moment to not only take notes as we get started, but also take a moment to share this particular podcast episode with someone in your life who you believe can benefit from this. This can be a colleague. This can be a friend. This can be a partner. It can be a stakeholder. Anyone you think can benefit from good content around nonprofit stuff. With that being said, guys, let's go ahead and get into our show, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, everyone, this is Dr. William Clark. Glad to be with you guys for another episode. And uh, today, uh, we're glad to have you in the house. Today, we're going to be talking about how to fund your nonprofit before the 501c3 designation. This is a hot topic that a lot of people talk about, particularly if they're new and they're uh, introducing their nonprofit for the very first time uh, to the public, and they want to get the word out, of course. They also want to begin the process and journey of raising money for their worthy cause. And so uh, the question that we often get is, well, how do we begin to raise money? Can we raise money? Is it allowed? And what can we do at this point? Uh, so as we are going through this content, want to uh, let you know that at any point in time, while we are live, you can leave a comment or a question here in the chat, whether you're in Facebook streaming live, or whether you're in Clubhouse, you can leave a back channel message there for me here in Clubhouse or Instagram by clicking on my link. If you're uh, listening to this afterwards and you're listening to the podcast version or the YouTube version afterwards, do leave a message, a comment for me if you would like for me to answer a specific question that I did not cover uh, during our time today. So uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into this topic today. Now, why is this a topic? Well, it's a topic because there are tons of people jumping into this space, this industry called a uh, nonprofit uh, entrepreneurship. And nonprofit entrepreneurship uh, is literally an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial-minded individual who decides to launch a nonprofit organization. Now, we know based upon uh, federal regulations and IRS law that no one person owns a nonprofit organization. It is not a business that you own. It is not a business that belongs to you. It is a public, uh, public organization that once given the 501c3 designation, and there are other designations that uh, fall under the IRS tax code, once given that designation, uh, you will be allowed to fundraise and you will also be allowed uh, to uh, uh, write off some expenses, particularly those that are associated with taxes. So there are some purchases you can make that are tax exempt. That is the key difference uh, about uh, between this particular structure and let's say an LLC or for-profit structure. Now, because there are no owners within uh, a nonprofit organization, uh, you have to still treat the business, uh, treat the nonprofit like a business. So the fact that there are no owners does not absolve you or any other nonprofit leader or officer from running the nonprofit effectively. The nonprofit in and of itself, uh, and let me just say this for those that are curious, why is it called a nonprofit? It's because at the end of the year, no one profits uh, from the organization. And what that specifically means is that if there are any leftover funds at the end of the 
the fiscal year of that particular organization, there those funds are not distributed to an individual like it would be uh, a LLC, S Corp, C Corp, etc. So those funds get turned over or get reinvested back into the nonprofit organization for programmatic use. So that is the distinction uh, between a for-profit and a nonprofit organization. Now, like any other business, a nonprofit has to manage its income and expenses to meet its goals. And the goals of a nonprofit is to serve a greater good, a community good, particularly for individuals. And we're specifically saying individuals because that's the largest category of nonprofit type uh, according to data and statistics. But we're looking to serve individuals uh, who might not be able to afford a specific service or be able to afford a particular uh, product, but they can come to our organizations to get it. So for example, you may be in the business of youth workforce development or youth development, or you may be working with veterans or returning citizens, single mothers, senior citizens, uh, et cetera. Those folks, those category of people based upon the qualifications that you determine are appropriate are receiving services from your organization and they receive those services 100% free. Now, those services still cost money, and they are paid for by someone else, not necessarily the customer in this case, but it's paid for typically by a funder or a sponsor. So we want to get into this a little bit. How do you begin to fundraise for your organization uh, before you receive the 501c3 designation? So there are a couple of things uh, I would just want to quickly mention about this journey, then I'm going to talk about uh, how to raise money uh, while you're uh, waiting for the designation. Now, you're going to have to register this business with your local state secretary of state. And uh, once you go through that process, then you begin to fill out the application for the 501c3 application. Uh, if you need help with that, go ahead, get on my calendar, contact me, get on my website, uh, drwilliampclark.com. We'll get you connected to one of our team members who can help you get through that process. Now, once you submit the 501c3 application, uh, especially during COVID, uh, there can be major delays in getting your application processed and you getting approved for the 501c3 designation. Uh, so there isn't a time frame right now that makes the most sense. What we're hearing is 90 plus days, in some cases much longer, in some cases it's shorter, but due to the backlog of applications and all the tons of things that have been going on uh, in our country, it could fluctuate. So don't hold me to it. But this is why we're doing this particular podcast and we're doing this particular episode because uh, people want to know, well, while I'm waiting for this designation to uh, to come in, am I hamstrung? Am I limited to, uh, to doing nothing or waiting uh, while this designation is coming in? And I'm going to tell you the answer is no. You can make moves right now while you're waiting for the designation to come in. So, so what happens uh, when, when you're waiting for the designation? One of the, one of the first things I'm going to encourage you to do is to go ahead and build your board. Now, I know you put some names down on the application just so you can get through the application process, but you want to uh, go ahead and fill out your board. If those individuals that you wrote in the application are not necessarily long-term board members that can really add value, then you want to go ahead and fill out your board. You likely probably added three people to the board for the 501c3 designation, but that's not necessarily a big enough board to get you started. So begin that journey of building your board from 
between seven to 11 people. You want to keep it at that range. Anything bigger would be way too big for a new nonprofit entrepreneur. Uh, anything too small will limit your ability to raise money now. So think about seven to 11 individuals who we call our high value board members. And what are those characteristics? Those characteristics include number one, they're decision makers within another organization. Number two, they're willing to provide oversight for your organization. And number three, they're willing to share their treasure or get treasure for your nonprofit organization. And this is critical. Those three characteristics are critical for your organization. The second thing you want to do while you're waiting for your designation is to begin the process of going through strategic planning for your organization. Now, I, 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 I make that comment a lot to a lot of newbies who have questions like these uh, within the various forums where I, I interact. And one of the things that's typically said by these newbies is I already have my business plan. I already have my strategic plan. Well, the problem is, particularly if you're a new nonprofit entrepreneur, is that when you're new in this space, you don't necessarily have the experience that a mature organization has. So your idea of a strategic plan and your idea of a business plan, if you will, really doesn't hit the right marks uh, for for what will be what will lead to success. So to combat that, I'm going to recommend a couple of options. Number one, I'm going to recommend a masterclass to be a part of to learn how to write a credible, fundable nonprofit uh, business plan or strategic plan. Uh, we offer one here at Eli Patrick and Co. You can simply go to drwilliampclark.com, click on the link that says join our next core, the fundraising masterclass, and we'll be glad to embrace you and walk you through through the process of building your strategy documents, the core four documents that you need to raise money. Well, what are those core four? You need your strategic plan, your fundraising plan, your master grant application, and your master budget. So those four documents are going to be critical. And while some of you may say, I already have those documents completed, the reality is if you've never done this before, or if you don't have the experience or exposure to know what a successful document looks like or what success will look like once it's fully complete and ready to go, then what you've done is really spend a lot of time building something that you can not verify, vet, or determine its success or measure of success. So I'm going to encourage you to join our masterclass because we walk you through all of that. The next thing, if you want to take it a step further, if and if you have a budget, then I'm going to encourage you to bring on a consultant or a coach to walk you through the process with your board in developing those documents. A facilitated session cannot be uh, replaced, right? A facilitated session is valuable. It is priceless, particularly when you bring in someone who has the experience and, and context to do this. Again, visit our website, drwilliampclark.com. Schedule a free consultation with us to talk about your goals, particularly if you are in the market for that, or if that's of interest for you, uh, to you rather when building uh, your strategy documents. So to answer the question, how do you begin to raise money before the 501? Let me just say this. Uh, you can begin raising money uh, before you receive the 501. Uh, once you get the designation, any donations you receive, any funds you receive can be retroactively uh, applied to the person who gave it, the individual who gave it as a tax deductible gift. Uh, I'm going to encourage you to talk with your tax professional to uh, make sure everything is in order so that you can properly convey that information to your donors and put them in position to continue to support your organization while having a peace of mind that their gift will be tax deductible at some point when you are formally uh, designated as a 501c3 uh, organization. So how do you raise money now for the 501c3? It's going to begin with your board of directors. So 
we begin this conversation talking about building and filling out your board of directors. Why is that important? It's important for oversight. It's important for legalities, but it's also important for fundraising. Remember, the third characteristics uh, characteristic of a good board member is someone who is able to share their treasure with the organization. They're responsible for being a part of the financial health of the organization. So you're going to start fundraising through your board. Well, how do we do that? We begin to ask board members as a requirement of membership of this board to begin to meet their board obligation, obligations, their financial obligations. You want to set those obligations up front. You want to set a goal for each board member, and you want to start to have them giving their donations, particularly on a frequent basis. So let's say you have a goal of $500 for every board member, and you want to raise that money within three months from every board member. Member, and you're going to ask them to start giving every two weeks. You want to put a deadline on that gift from the board member as well as a frequency so that you can start to see the cash flow coming in. Why is it? Why does the deadline matter and why does the cash flow matter? Those things matter because if you're looking to begin to jumpstart and get results for your organization while you're waiting for the 501c3 designation, you're going to need funds to pay for some of the programmatic things you're going to launch right now with or without grants. If you begin to generate cash flow with your board in partnership with your board, you're going to be able to pay for programmatic expenses now. If you raise enough, you'll be able to pay for some part-time or stipend staff now. You can begin to put yourself on payroll now as the founding executive director. And this is way before you qualify for a grant. This is way before you start doing any major fundraisers. Simply raising money from your board can make a significant difference. And let me also say this, for those of you uh, who look at what we do and say, man, this is expensive. The masterclass is expensive. Uh, the coaching is expensive. Let me just say to you, when you raise money from your board, those funds can be used to pay for a masterclass, to pay for a coach who, if you select the right coach that fits your needs, needs can help accelerate results and they can 10x uh, the results for your organization in short order. So those funds can be super useful for a lot of things during this time. So we gave you one strategy, raise money from your board. The next strategy I'm going to recommend you look at is to host several listening parties. What is a listening party? Well, a listening party is when you gather a bunch of supporters to be a part of your journey and you begin to tell the story. You host a party and you tell the story of the organization, what is going, what it's doing, where it's going, who it's serving, what it's going to accomplish, and how you all can accomplish this and envision the future with the financial support of those who are attending the listing party. And so when you have this listing party, you go through all of that, and then you conclude your talk with a Q&A, and then an offer to everybody in the room to become a donor to your organization. Again, just like you did with your board, you want to set a goal per person put a deadline on it, uh, put people in position to give frequently and consistently so you can see cash flow. And here's a little secret, which is probably step three here. Once you host your first listening party, immediately ask everybody that attended to recommend five people you can reach out to to invite to the next listening party that you're going to host two to three weeks from now. And you're going to repeat the process and then re-repeat the process and ask the next attendees to suggest five people that they can recommend and host a listening party every two to three weeks. Keep it going. Keep the momentum going. You want to continue to practice your speech, your elevator pitch, your presentation. You want to get comfortable 
comfortable with raising money within uh, a forum like a listening party from individuals. You want to get the word out about what you got going on, and you want to get to the position where you start to play the law of averages and begin to generate significant revenue from individual donors who are supporting your work. Now, between your board, between the listening party and their contacts, you have begun the journey uh, of raising money for your worthy cause now, way before the 501c3 designation uh, is official. These are things you can do now. These are action steps you can take right now to move the needle forward and to begin the journey of raising money. And why do we talk about this? Why is this a topic? It's a topic because without the resources, you can't meet the mission of your organization. You can't accomplish the goals that you have. You can't do the things that you envision. So you're going to have to raise money for your worthy cause. With that being said, let's go ahead and pause uh, just to reset the room. And then we're going to come back on the other side of this to take questions hey from the audience. This is Dr. William Clark, your host of the Nonprofit Funding Tips Club. And I'm glad to have you uh, in the house with us today. And I'm glad to uh, continue our conversations in this club. We talk about nonprofit fundraising, and our goal is to simplify fundraising strategies for nonprofit organizations without chasing funders. And I'm super excited to have that conversation with you today. As you guys enter into the room or and as you stay longer and engage in the content, a couple of housekeeping rules. Number one, if you want to have a conversation with me while the teaching is going on, go ahead and tap my profile and then tap the paper airplane to send me a message through the back channel here in Clubhouse. If you prefer to chat with me via Instagram, tap my profile again, scroll to the bottom, tap on my Instagram, a link there and send me a direct message there and I'll be glad to communicate with you through either mechanism. If you have a question while the teaching is going on, please raise your hand and let me know that you want to come to the stage, ask a question and or engage in a conversation about your nonprofit and your fundraising goals. Lastly, if you want to schedule a free consultation with me, those consultations are free. All you got to do is go to drwilliampclark.com. Again, it's drwilliampclark.com. Click on schedule a free consultation, select a date, a time and fill out the survey and we will meet on the date and time that you select. I'm super excited to have you guys in the room, super excited to continue our conversation around nonprofit fundraising and everything involved with that. With that being said, let's get back to our teaching. All right, folks, welcome back. Um, so let's go ahead and bring on Pamela. Pamela, welcome to the stage. How are you? I am fine, Dr. Clark. Thank you for this. Uh, my name is Pamela A. Davis. I'm the founder and CEO of a nonprofit here in St. Louis, Missouri called Queen of Resilience. And our mission is to teach individuals how to be resilient in every area of their life by increasing mental health awareness, mentorship, and professional development. I am excited because we just um, was able to get our 501c3 status. And I have a question uh, for you. So is, is, it, is it a difference between a 501c3 and a charitable foundation? Are you able to call your 501c3 a charitable foundation as soon as you receive your status? So I am going to keep this part of the conversation light um, because most of the organizations I work with are nonprofit organizations that provide services. What I can tell you, being a charitable foundation is different from being a, a program 
program-based organization or an organization that provides a service. Uh, so you don't want to just call yourself a charitable foundation because foundation uh, implies that you have money that you're going to be giving away to other organizations for a charitable cause. So that means that you become a grant grantor. Right. And if that's not what you're into, then you might want to steer away from that and focus on the element of the work that focuses on uh, performance and program delivery. Sure. Thank you so much. Awesome. Uh, any other questions, Pamela? I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I have any other questions. I'm sure I do. Um, I'll let you go ahead, uh, and if I think of anything else, I'll let you know. Well, really quick, tell us a little bit more about your nonprofit, and now that you have your 5013 designation, what's next for you and your organization? I think, um, for, so for my nonprofit, we have the Meet the Queen and Keen Empowerment Program, and that program is for high school and college students in order for them to have the tools to become resilient mentally and professionally. Um, so we have started doing that during the summer, and we just had a virtual our first virtual program actually this summer, uh, and we had did that program in 2019 uh, as well. We also do QR conversations, and we have did like a fundraiser called Sip and Speak as well, where we have panelists and we have uh, individuals uh, where we raise money in order for people to support our programming. So those are some of the things that we do. I think my next thing for QOR is making sure, though uh, I started QOR in 2017, we are still fairly new and making sure that we have a really, really, really good foundation um, so I can be able to um, create chapters of QOR uh, in different states. So that's my goal. I want to create chapters on uh, college campuses because my story started on a college campus. So talk to me a little bit more about this. Um, so we talked about in this particular session uh, the importance of establishing your board uh, so that you can raise money with your board. Have you established or filled out your board to seven to 11 members and have you begun to fundraise with them? I do have a board. Uh, we have, we like I said, the Super Speak was one of our fundraisers. But uh, I definitely was taking notes when you were talking about fundraising and setting up a plan with your board members. Um, I do have dues for my board members that I'm implementing um, for them for next year, uh, but I have not created a plan where they are given monthly or bi-weekly to continue to pour in revenue for the organization. Yeah, I'm definitely going to encourage you to look into that um, because it's going to make a significant difference uh, in your ability to meet the goals that you have. And I'm going to encourage you um, once this uh, session goes back live on our podcast to kind of replay it, uh, because at the end of the day, if you're able to set a goal, right, per board member, or you can set a goal overall for the organization and a due date for this particular goal to be met, not at the end of the year, but something within a three to six month window, you're going to find out, uh, one, if you got the right board members on, on, on board, uh, no pun intended, but you're also going to find out what your cash flow is going to look like right now in these early days. And while you're building the credibility in the community and amongst funders, this funding from the board is going to make a difference in your ability to raise money and in your ability to provide services uh, to meet and to meet the need of your customer. Thank you so much. 
Yeah, absolutely. Check out the message in the back channel. We'll love to uh, schedule a consultation with you uh, to talk about your goals and uh, to see how we can help you meet your goals much faster and much more efficiently. Uh, listen, guys, so as we kind of wrap this particular session, I'm going to encourage you guys just to watch the replay, catch the replay. I want you to, guys to focus on the elements that we share today. And at the end of the day, I think the big picture message to walk away with is waiting for a designation or waiting for certification should not stop you from doing the necessary things to move forward, right? What's the necessary thing that you can do right now to move forward? Build your board, fill out your board. You don't have to wait for your 501c3 designation to fill out your board successfully, okay? While you're waiting, you can go ahead and start do, building up your core four documents. And if you need help doing that, which I'm going to encourage you to seek, then consider joining the Nonprofit Fundraising Masterclass by going to nonprofitfundingstrategies.com, uh, nonprofitfundingstrategies.com, and join a masterclass like ours to build those things while you're waiting. Becoming educated on how to raise money, becoming educated on how to run a successful nonprofit does not have to wait for a designation. In fact, it is a lifelong learning experience. It's something you continuously learn as things evolve in this industry. Guys, I hope that you enjoyed our time together, and I hope that uh, this was helpful. With that being said, this is Dr. Clark, and we'll catch you guys later. All right, everybody, this is Dr. William Clark again. Thanks for hanging out with us with this uh, during this particular podcast. And I hope uh, that you got some value out of this particular podcast. Now, uh, I want to make sure that we also uh, close this podcast with some additional value. Now, we've created the Nonprofit Fundraising Masterclass. This particular masterclass was designed by nonprofit leaders for nonprofit leaders to help you simplify your fundraising approaches without chasing funders. Now, if this is something that you want to engage in and utilize for your nonprofit organization, if you have been thinking about how to fundraise for your organization, you just don't know how to do it. If you're transitioning from one phase of fundraising to the next, or you're just trying to improve the fundraising capacity of your organization, then this particular masterclass may be the right fit for you. So if you want to submit your application and join our next cohort, then go to nonprofitfundingstrategies.com. Again, that's nonprofitfundingstrategies.com. For all others who want to just get on my calendar and chat a little bit about your nonprofit organization, we offer free consultations. So you can simply go to drwilliampclark.com to schedule your free consultation. Again, that's drwilliampclark.com for your free consultation. Guys, I hope that you've enjoyed this particular episode, and we'll see you guys next time. See everybody.